Hello and thank you for being here with me. Welcome to another episode of the Tyra Raymond Poet Show. Okay guys, so today we have the brilliant Dre Zira. You will absolutely love his energy, his story and his poems. So be ready to get inspired. Dre Zira began writing age seven, on and off, and then the on-switch occurred when he attended one open mic um, in the year 16 of the millennia when the 25-year-old stepped onto stage and performed Cherry and Kimono using his then Samsung S5. Transforming his mobile into pages of new poetry written, Dre Zira debuted his first festival very fringe all day a few months later as well as Folk East Festival and having his first headline performance all in the UK. Drazier then stuck a deal to publish his first collection, Broken Circuit Board, for summer 2017 release. Later that year, Drazier also performed abroad for the first time in San Francisco's Beat Museum 10th Annual Poetry Festival. Whilst continuing to perform across the land during years 18 and 19 of the millennia, Dre Zero then, in in the year 19, released the acclaimed spoken word themed film series called Psycho Lucy, filmed in the Grand Roman City of Bath, UK. At the turn of year 20 of the millennia, Dre Zero dipped into another artistic medium in music in releasing his debut music video, Cut Them Loose, a tale of moving away from the tales of relationship and friendship, woe alongside musical artist R&B. So, let's dive in, let's meet him and hear his first poem. Love all! Not the crimson falls. Love is not a plaything, a chew toy, nor discarded bling. Then why must those who oppose true feelings be the ones who forsaken and disposed? Little sap trees, sap trees born in blatant homophobia, grow and blossom, petals and petals. Climb and triumph in blissful utopia, the utopia birth from our powerful voice. All of us, lesbian, gay, bi, trans and straight rejoice, for crimson must forever stall. Let us not fall upon the pitfalls and coal, call from our heart and let it speak true. Love us all, love for all. How are you doing? I'm feeling good, thank you. Yes, so literally it's been a sweltering, sweltering summer so far. And I have to say that uh, with the SPF 30, at my age of 30, I'm feeling still <laughs> aplenty. And the sushi I had was banging. It was so good. Shout out, shout out to the sushi. Uh, that's so good. It's so amazing that I don't even want to reveal the location. So good. Brilliant. Well, that sounds very positive. Um, I really like the energy, as I said to you before, it's positive uh, and energetic and uh, passionate. So that's exactly what we're going to dive into. So first of all, what I'm really interested in, your first poem was at the age of seven. Now tell me what was happening around that time and what was it like? And and just tell me about this scenario. So, so, so here's the interesting thing. So actually, I started writing at the age of seven. So actually, when I was seven, hmm. 
instead of writing poetry, I got inspired by this well-known cartoon known mm. as Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh, yeah. And essentially, I got so encapsulated by the battle between Tom and Jerry to the point I literally wrote, like, I literally wrote short stories about the Tom and Jerry adventures. <laughs> That sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. Well, you definitely started way before me because I started my first poem at the age of 14. Um, so, yeah, so that's oh. interesting. Um, and then, obviously, 25, you went to your first open mic, which was your, as you call in your own words, your on switch. So tell me, how did that feel, getting onto the open mic stage? Oh, man, uh, let me tell you, uh, when it was... When it was, uh, so when I was 25, literally a few months before turning 26, uh, I was, yeah. So basically, the story goes is that I was literally just uh, on the, I was literally just chilling, minding my own business, uh, wearing very unfashionable casual clothing. Mm -hmm. And literally, I was goaded by a couple of people, a couple of people that, that saw me uh, do a one-off open mic in comedy a mm. couple of years beforehand in 2013. Right. And because they saw me see that, they're like, oh, you should do something. You should do something. You're quite funny. And mm. that's when I, and then I basically went on stage and I thought, oh, right, I'll just do some poetry. So I flipped open my, my old DeviantArt account and I found a couple of poems that I wrote there. And I did them poems and the... Uh, the uh the people liked it i literally sat on my uh i literally sat on the stool very awkwardly i didn't know what i was doing i mm-hmm. felt the heat of the i felt the heat of the lights i was like oh goodness mm-hmm. yeah in a cold january day it definitely felt like the inferno of summer i, can, I feel like i'm there already i can i can feel it how it felt for you at that time but yeah so that sounds really great i mean how did it feel when you were like going back and um, gathering your old art and um, a sense of freedom, if you like? I felt that. So so looking at your old art in any time, whether it's myself looking at my old material or myself back then looking at my then material, it's Mm. essentially a foundation. It's essentially where the circuits lie of where your mind comes from and how you articulate and formulate these sentences and structure them into poetic verses. And I think from that basis, that's where I've worked from. And literally, I feel as if that from that basis, I learned and expanded from that point on. Yeah, definitely. And the encouragement that you got. So obviously you had these couple of people saying to you, you know what, you should do something. And sometimes when other people see in us something that we perhaps don't quite believe in, it can be very encouraging, can't it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, you're your own worst enemy at times. I feel that people can be very ultra critical of themselves. And sometimes you may need that metaphorical hug or that support from your support network in order to say, you know what, it's okay. It's chill. Just, Mm. just do your thing. And then, and then your words will literally bling. Yeah. Literally, and uh, clearly, it's, uh, that is what you have done. And we're going to do a deep dive into your journey. And we've heard your poems, so I've got, uh, you know, some very interesting questions for you. Um, you then debutted, if I can get my words out, debutted your first two festivals. Tell me about that. 
Oh, well, so so literally the first festival I performed in was the uh, was a literally a couple of months in. So it was May of 2016 where and this is that was the last event that I performed as my actual name, which isn't Dre Zera. It was the Hunter Club. Uh, it was a Hunter Club uh, festival all day event. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I performed there. I was one of only two or three spoken word acts because it was mainly music and comedy. And I did, I performed and yeah, it was cool because uh, it was then that I started to get a bit of confidence. I was really nervous. I literally remember. So at this place called the Hunter Club in my local town, mm-hmm. uh, not far from there, there's this grass bit where there was a grass bit and there was this tree and I was literally rehearsing literally rehearsing just you know rehearsing having my own headspace literally while there was a main road adjacent to these grass and tree areas so i'm hearing like vroom vroom <laughs> of these cars while i'm going like right yeah focus and yeah it was a it was a it was a really cool experience and the second uh, festival that i performed at a few months later was the folkies festival so uh shout out to everyone at folkies for giving me the opportunity to Literally performed there. That was a that was a two three day event, mm-hmm. I believe. Actually, I feel it was a weekend event. I feel it was. Yeah, it was a weekend event. It was the first time I actually camped for a festival that I performed in. That was that was really cool. Oh. And yeah, it was uh, it was uh, a really enthralling experience. Uh, quite uh, various vibes. I literally also went all out as well so what i did was is uh before i i knew when i was going on mm. was that during the uh during the poetry session of the festival that was done in in kind of a big tent looking item i i feel like there's a specific word for it but i seem to mm-hmm. forget uh, the marquee, yes, marquee, one of those, yes. Yeah. It was in a marvelous, fantastic marquee, and <laughs> yes, and it was in there. And uh, what happened was, is literally, I had a friend of mine called Bo, who I knew years ago, hmm. and she was in this event, uh, like literally as a fan, hmm. uh, uh, like as a spectator. And I asked her if she could help me do my makeup. So that was the one where. I think I make I did the makeup I had makeup the most so I dressed up in actual uh, a hybrid of traditional black mm. Asian uh, Arabic clothing mm. mixed with gothic like black nails black lipstick I had eyeliner I literally looked like a cross of um, the band Kiss but looking very uh, a mixture of either Middle Eastern or Asian really yeah. Well, you definitely went all out. And I think, see, you know, um, special experiences came with it, you know, being in a marquee and going on a festival, performing, it's a sense mm. of freedom, meeting old friends. And it's soon after that that your first uh, poetry collection called Broken Circuit, Bo- uh, Circuit Board was published. Uh, and the title of this book, it just tells me two things. I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. You can elaborate on that. First, you know, mm-hmm. being broken. But then the circuit board, it's a sense of, almost uh going on a journey to fix yourself that's uh that's very interesting uh that's very intriguing so broken circuit board was literally one of the first poems i written since uh taking on the mantle of doing 
this spoken word, poetic, artistic adventure of mm-hmm. which literally, literally, yeah, Broken Circle Board to me, I think that's a very intriguing mm-hmm. and interesting take on that poem. I feel like for me, uh, I wanted to use the metaphor of a circuit board in the sense that a circuit board can overheat, a circuit board can miss literally LED lighting, it can miss its, uh, it can miss its electricity going around the literal circuit mm-hmm. where it kind of channels on mental health it also channels emotional health, but it also like it does. It can also paint that journey of where can you go from here, kind of thing. So mm. I feel that your interpretation is quite cool, mm. and that's one of the things I like with my writing. I don't want all my writing to lay it there thick. I don't want there to be. I don't always want my poetry to be literally. You see a sandwich, you eat the sandwich. Mm. I want to be like. You eat the sandwich, but you find out that there's far more different flavors, mm. far more different different fragrances within the sandwich of which uh, you uh, didn't realize. So, yeah, I kind of want to have it as a kind of painting kind of thing. And I did want to make Broken Circle Board literally not that long of a poem. I mean, mm. to perform that poem is only, say, what, 35 seconds, give or take? And literally, I wanted to make it short. I wanted to make it punchy. Because literally, these relapses and with mental health and emotional health, although there will be long-term repercussions at times, I feel that something so little can set it off. And I think that's quite, represent- that's quite representative of uh, a lot of things in life. Because even though we can be strong within, we can be quite fragile as well at times. Of course, and I think it's our vulnerability that then leads us to grow if we can then, uh, you know, fight those challenges uh, and fight our own battles. Um, and we are going to hear this poem in the end, Broken Circuit Board, uh, which I'm really excited about. But it sounds like you wrote this poem and, like you said, you know, it consists of punchlines. And then you were off to America. Yeah, so, yeah, so literally um, going, talking, uh, going with the Broken Circuit Board book, because I mainly talked about the poem as well as the, the book, and I think mm. uh, the book deserves its own uh, mention as well, which is linked to San Francisco. So, so yeah, so the whole process of the broken circle, the whole book of manufacturing, I had to learn about what a line editor is. I had to learn what a proofreader is. Mm. I had to learn the intricacies of a contract. Yeah. I, uh, a big shout-out to Terry Gilbert Fellows because he was the gentleman who literally took a chance with me and literally uh, got the ball rolling with my book because he's the person, the director mm. of uh, Black Heath Dawn, which is a, the publishing company that published my book. And obviously, and also shout out to my mate Mel because Mel was on the roster. And and to my knowledge, oh. she's still on the roster of uh, Black Heath Dawn. And she was the individual that got me into like meeting Terry and that, Started the chain reaction of broken circuit board. So yeah, with broken circuit board, it's pretty interesting. So like, I literally broken circuit board is literally a collection of poetry of which it's a lot of poems from my past. It's a lot of poems that I've written between 2016, 2017, but a lot of poetry from like years before mm. that I never, like, I never, <laughs> I never really like, you know, thought it would become in a book. And literally. It's all it's all literally all in one space of which 
with uh, with uh, 112 poems in it because I, I like I said I like to lay my uh, my series I like to lay my series thick with so much content I, I feel I, I I I don't think I can do continual uh, I don't think I can ever release a book like a full collection and call it a full collection in my opinion if it's only got 10 or 30 that's just me though I mean I understand that people do that as a collection but that's the this, that's not the way I roll. But yeah, with that book, it was very interesting because uh, the front cover of the book is my best friend Lottie. And mm. we actually did it through um, a judging panel. But Lottie was literally the winner. And yeah, my best friend of 15 years was the front cover. And that made uh, that meant a lot to me. And yeah, yeah. And with that book, it, it then began with the whole kind of UK tour. So literally, mm. uh, so, be, so between me doing these festivals and that, I literally hit the open mic circuit hard. Literally, it was it was out. I think I believe it was April 2017 or May 2017 mm. that I performed for the hundredth time. Wow, mm. like hundred times. So I did a count. I have I had a counter and uh, I performed in Eastbourne near Brighton. That was my hundredth performance. And literally, I just had that muscle memory of just continuing to perform. I might not remember every single poem I've done. I mean, well, you kept whoa, a record of I'm... how many times you performed. That's yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that was mad. And literally, because of that, I created this tour. Mm-hmm. And because I've done all this tour, uh, I chatted to this individual called Chris Vinoy, and he's the uh, he's the uh, poet laureate of uh, he's the current poet laureate of um, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on this. He's definitely a poet laureate. Mm. Uh, I believe he's the poet laureate of uh, America or the poet laureate of California. Definitely one of the two, but he's big. He is massive in the poetry scene. Mm. And I chatted to him, and he was the individual that actually brought me to the... He literally brought me to the uh, to San Francisco because he connected wow. me. And and that was that was a lit... That was a lit- it was really an enthralling experience. Uh, yeah, I, I went to, I went, in, I believe it was October, November 2017. Really? It was really, it was, uh, yes. Uh, yes, he's the Beat Poet Laureate uh, of 2019-2020. So that's a, that's a big title. And yeah, uh, that was really awesome. I mean, I think that was probably one of the most, I think that was probably one of the most important performances I've done because just literally mm-hmm. performing in a different country, different culture. Yes, you speak the same language or a version of English, but anyway, I digress. But yeah, literally performing at, at Broadway at the Beat wow. Poetry 10th uh, Annual Festival, mm-hmm. at the Beat Poetry Museum where you had uh, artists such as Steinbeck and all that, literally books and all that display all around you. Wow. It was truly an emotional moment for me, and it was well worth. It was well worth the three, four days I went to America in between my work shifts at the time. Oh, amazing! And balancing that with work as well. You mean this is where we, um, you know, we lead up to this burnout, unfortunately, that you had in two thousand and eighteen, mm. um, where you faced some mental health issues. Um, tell me more about that because I, I know it's not nice to kind of talk about that, but we want well, to. Well, this is the this is the uh, Tyra Rehman podcast, and anything goes. Uh, so I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, so yeah, so so literally in 2018, I mm-hmm. felt that I felt that that was the beginning of 
I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but I mm-hmm. kind of felt like I kind of felt like the balance between Dre Zira and the person behind Dre Zira was kind of becoming muddled. Mm-hmm. And literally, it became a literal drain to me. I mean, uh, because all this performing, it took a toll out of me. And then I literally felt too much like a robot and less human. And that mm-hmm. kind of emotionally destabilized me. And also I felt that I felt that at the time. I felt that at the time, obviously I think this is like more personal issues outside of poetry. Mm-hmm. But I felt at the time that uh I may have not got the right support mechanisms. I felt also that I didn't have the capacity to sustain the level of performing that I did. Mm-hmm. And literally I felt that I went like a I went like a blaze of fire in 2017, but yeah, between 2018 and 19, I only performed a handful of times, and literally, I literally at times I felt like I lost my love of mm. performing at times because I felt that I felt that for me I asked myself who is Dre Zero? What is Dre Zero meant to represent? Mm. You know, and mm. I felt that I felt sometimes between 2018 29 I felt that. I was kind of performing for performing sakes rather than going back to why I wanted to do this, why yeah. I wanted to do all that kind of stuff. And I felt, I felt that really, it was really emotional. I, it was, it was scary in fact because uh, I mean, I felt that if I had to, like, obviously I don't ever, I have no regrets with my performing life because I feel like no. with everything, with everything that I learned, and all that kind of stuff, um, I felt that I had to learn through it to become a better person, and and to not just as the performer, but as a human being, because, you know, uh, I feel that, yeah, it's crazy, it's literally crazy, I mean, I mean, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's mad and incredible kind of thing, where, uh, where literally, it is one of those things where it's really scary, and I feel that, I feel for me, I feel right now I'm in a much, much better place. But uh, but uh, I felt that in 2018, 2019, it's so scary. It felt like, it literally felt like I couldn't find the light at the end of the tunnel at yeah. times. And it was, uh, it was, it was mad. But I felt that I wished, I guess, I wished that I performed a little less mm-hmm. because I felt that I didn't feel like I've had that self-care, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you some true stories, like literally... There was this one gig in Milton Keynes and I wanted to get back home. So literally the furthest I got back was a town not far away from my house, but I couldn't get back to my town. So I literally slept in the telephone box. Wow. And, uh, and you know, for three hours until the 4 a.m. train got me back home, for example. Mm. There was other stories where, uh, where was it? I can't remember where it was, but uh, I also performed in another locality. I can't remember where. Uh, yes, I remember. So there was this event in uh, Edinburgh. Mm. I think it was late 2016, I believe, where I had to have a meeting at work at 9.30 in the morning the next day. Oh, my God. And I live, the, and I live much, much closer to London than, than Scotland. So what <laughs> happened was is I performed the, I performed the poetry event. Mm. I literally, I went on this Caledonian sleeper train a, a sleeping train that goes from 11 p.m., a slow train that gets back to London 
at 7 a.m. And I literally got back. I literally got back in time for the meeting with 10 minutes oh, to spare. You hero. Yeah. And those days, uh, those days until 2017, I worked in the care industry. Yeah. So with, without going into too much detail about uh, what you do for a living, because uh, you're interviewing me, uh, as we've discussed, as we've discussed on yeah. my podcast, yeah. I felt that you know, like that line of work is not easy mixing yeah. with poetry. Mm, absolutely, and you know what's funny is when you've been well, not funny, but when you've been kind of talking about these little stories that you've just told me about, you know, um, having to get to this meeting the next day and sleeping outside. That is where I would have. Uh, headed if I didn't kind of take into consideration all these um, very important points that you mentioned about identity mm. goals in you know self-care but clearly you were just so excited and you know you were on this journey and clearly you were you know I, I guess that's just one word passionate and excited and it meant something to you but like you said the main thing is that you learned from it of course you wish that you could turn back and kind of uh, you know think about your mm. goals and self-care and and time management mm. and all these things but the main thing is that you learned from it and it all meant something. And now you, you're back on track. Absolutely. I, I feel that even though uh, as of recording, we're at this point in, in time where uh, mm. more people are more indoors than outdoors. Mm-hmm. So therefore, with that said, with that said, uh, I feel that I feel it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of the changes that you've made, uh, discipline, time management, maybe self-reflection. Do you want to dwell on that a little bit more? Mm. So that's interesting. So I feel that 2020 uh, is literally the year where I really kind of like got my priority straight, I feel. So for me, Mm. I have this very first and foremost, I, I think this kind of ironic. I felt that stepping out of poetry and into music has kind of reignited my love of poetry in a weird way. Right. Because so, so I don't know if we're going to mention this in a future question, but I'll mention it anyway. So so I, I released this music video uh, with uh, RMB, which is yeah. uh, Robert Michael Bolton. And Loose. Of which... And Psycho Lucy. Yeah. I watched them both. Yes, yes. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, Psycho Lucy was... Uh, so was um was oh, that was another project in itself but yeah we'll talk about that in a bit but yeah with uh, cut them loose came out literally i honestly thought to myself you know what mm. whoa i can do this with me and music is a complete outside my comfort zone because even though it's still an art medium it's it's a world where it's a completely different kettle of fish because yeah. in poetry you don't need to worry about what key you're in you don't need to worry about you don't need to worry about if you're like um if your tone yeah. is correct to the music or spoken word is literally spoken word mm. right it, so literally learning all that kind of stuff being in the music recording studio at rmb so robert michael bolton's place getting the filmography right i mean i i mean i've learned so much from the filming process from psycho lucy which we'll delve on later mm. of which uh, of which cut them loose the storyboarding was fast uh learning so much about the yeah literally it was so quickly done and uh, the abandoned building that you saw the music video app we literally timed ourselves so well because that abandoned building the old the old uh, army air base that was used in world war ii nice. abandoned in 1987 is no longer there <laughs> wow it's, it's turned into it's turning into a new block of houses. Oh my god, good timing then, and I, I loved it. I loved that background. It was amazing. Mm. 
Absolutely. And because of that, it made me galvanize myself and rejuvenated into writing brand new poetry because here I am mm. in 2020 with brand new ideas. I'm in a whole new world. I mean, I used to work for three years between 2017 till a few months ago, mm. uh, right up until March of this year, where I worked in a roller skating and kids play place. And my main role, as I said uh, to the birthday guest, my main role was 30 holes mm. for kids parties of which I basically, you know, was a, was a eccentric party host. I was literally, I was literally the closest to Dre Zera as I possibly was, even though I wasn't Dre Zera. I was just uh, regular casual me <laughs> uh, without the, without the performing getup. But yeah, literally that really helped me uh, really, really helped me uh, to get my, get that confidence back and yeah uh, uh, and then literally from March onward uh, with that priorities coming straight mm. I decided I decided ages ago I was going to do it so I bit the bullet in I bit the bullet months before we had uh, the the COVID situation of which I actually uh, became self-employed working for myself aka Dre Zera mm-hmm. as myself literally doing my own thing having an intense YouTube schedule, but I do, it in a, I do it in a way where I not only give myself breaks, but mm-hmm. also when it comes to performing online in Zoom events or yeah. online events, which is what the norm is as of recording, mm-hmm. I basically perform for one week, a block of one week, have a week off, right. then do that again and again. So literally have that kind of, uh, have that kind of uh, scenario going, literally perform like three or four events one day sorry one week mm-hmm. not one day that would be crazy one week and then the week after a break then etc etc so yeah uh, I've literally got schedules I mean uh, schedules upon schedules uh, I know uh, some of the some of the stuff that we'll be releasing in September uh, I yeah etc uh, I'm, I'm actually excited and really looking forward to what's ahead uh, for Dre Zero. Honestly, as patronizing as patronizing as this may sound, well done because literally these things are just so important. And you mentioned some really important things, you know, priorities and schedule and uh, taking breaks and reflection. These are all key. I mean, you've come out of these dark times, but look at you, you've come out stronger. And for those who, you know, are perhaps thinking, what are the kind of secrets, if you like, behind having something like this Ooh. so amazing, which is people have encouraged you and you've you came so far in such little time, but making that last. It's these things that are important, and you've you you've, you're acting on them, and that's and that's brilliant. It really is. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not uh it's definitely not easy. No, um, it's not easy. No, yeah, mm, not easy, not at all. Following Absolutely. a schedule as well, it's not. I can imagine just being disciplined and doing it, even when you don't feel like it. But like you said, uh, if you take these breaks. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, sometimes when I'm recording, uh, as my voice is naturally extroverted and loud, <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, my parents, because so I still live in, I still live with my parents, uh, they tell me to shh. <laughs> so you know, even when I'm sometimes recording at 11 p.m., I mean, uh, bless my mum. I mean, she just Aww. wants to sleep, but I'm, I'm just like, look, I'm performing at this event in. In this event hosted in San Diego, it's only three pm over oh there. It's <laughs> they probably cannot sleep with you with with that loud voice of yours and energy. I'm surprised they get any sleep. 
I mean, I mean, I, I like to thank my, I like to thank my mum especially for, uh, for having uh, quite a vocal decibel voice in order for me to learn from. Uh, but I, I will say, I will say first and foremost, uh, hmm. got, got to respect, you got to respect your mum, uh, yeah. got to respect. And, uh, and uh, it, uh, I'm sure my mum will probably never hear me say these words, uh, because my mum doesn't know how to turn on the computer, but in any case, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for uh, giving me such a uh, a loud, uh, a loud, um, uh, <laughs> a loud voice of which loud uh, voice uh, energy, <laughs> loud voice energy mm. of which uh, I've learnt so much from uh, all my uh, my mother's tongue uh, debates uh, in uh, in long distance phone calls in my parents' homeland. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you very much. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so yeah, you. Uh, I know. I know you're meant to be the one leading with the questions here. But uh, mm. uh, what did you think of Psycho Lucy? Well, I thought it was pretty cool, and I wanted to watch more. But um, I don't know if there's more videos for it because it just kind of stopped. And I think it said episode one, so I might have to move on to the next episode. There's, there's, there's six episodes. Oh, okay, right. So I've got five to watch. I thought it was pretty cool. And it also shows like the kind of diversity of the work that you do. So obviously, like you said, it started off with poetry. Mm. And then now you yeah. found your yeah. love for poetry through music. And then there's also film. Yeah, yeah. So so that's interesting. So, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you an exclusive, which I don't know if I mentioned this in a podcast before. But right. so Psycho Lucy. Mm. This came out, this was recorded way back in 2018, but it didn't come out till 2019 because we had a lot of, we had a few issues with, uh, uh, with the director individual, uh, uh, with the director, the guy, well, I'm the director, but the, the director of uh, filmography and the, the gentleman that edited it, uh, he just had a lot of issues and bless him, he's, He's a lot better now for it, uh, you know, because linked to the whole like mental health kind of thing and like being drained and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it took actually over a year for it to see the light of day. Uh, these all these six episodes are Psycho Lucy, but yeah, Psycho Lucy was actually meant to be my second book. Hmm. However, linked to the whole burnout and exhaustion kind of thing, what happened was is that I just didn't have the energy. I felt that. I put up, I put in so much effort with Psycho Lucy mm. that I felt that my body literally felt like I felt like a, an asteroid or a comet crashing down to the Earth's atmosphere, literally cracking and boom, uh, just uh, smashed the smithereens. So it was mm. it was intense work. Psycho Lucy took a whole week to film these six episodes, and wow. uh, I, I mean the cinematography, yeah, the literal, the, the, the intense scenery. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, definitely all the poems that in Psycho Lucy are written by me. Mm. And yeah, it's, uh, it was one of the things that I've learned also that one of the things I learned was storyboarding is so important in filming. Like, anyone listening right here, if you're going to storyboard a proper cinematic video mm-hmm. and you need to involve you need to involve a cameraman you need to involve a, a director of filmography all that kind of stuff you need a storyboard storyboarding is so important and literally we were storyboarding off the fly like I had a I had a written script but I literally there were things uh, one of the things is which uh, 
I'll tell you this. So when you watch episode two mm-hmm. of Psycho Lucy, uh, the shout out to the Society Cafe in Bath. So it was filmed in Bath in Somerset. The the uh, the Society Cafe. We didn't have a location mm-hmm. of a cafe literally until we got there. So right. it was literally it was literally uh, uh, vigorous phone calls calling various, various cafes. And thank goodness Society Cafe said yes. Oh. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So what I should have done with Psycho Lucy is I and or with my director of filmography. Uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to um, Adam Shaloglu, who runs Chroma Productions. And what happened was is I should have gone to Bath beforehand, signposted all these locations, like I had like shots beforehand because that's what we did for Cut Them Loose, the music video. Mm-hmm. Myself and my film team, we actually went there a month before we actually started filming. Mm-hmm. Like we took shots, we storyboarded this, we did that, we figured out exactly what we're doing. I left a uh, 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 shout out to Peter Scottford, who was the director of the video. I left him to literally do his magic because I told him stuff I wanted to happen and he literally pieced it together in his absolute masterpiece. It was, it was good. But yeah, go back to Psycho Lucy, 100%. I mean, 100%, you should watch it. There's also, there's also a link available of which uh, if you go to the Psycho Lucy playlist on the Dre Zera YouTube channel, <laughs> yeah. I've actually made a video where every episode of Psycho Lucy is in one 18-minute video all together, all in oh, one. Oh, that'd be good, so yeah. Definitely check that out. I sure will. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And again, you learn from it and it's always, that's what it's mm. all about. Every experience in life, it's about Oh yeah, learning mm. from it. Absolutely. absolutely. And sorry, I was just going to say, I uh, forgot to mention that. Mm. So Zach, Steph and Katie, mm. all the three people that played. So Zach played Andros, uh, uh, Tara was played by Katie mm. and Steph was the main protagonist in Lucy. So, uh, so with all those three, I've known I've known Zach for well over ten years. I met him uh, back in my uh, different world of uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh and all them card games back in those days when I was a, a much younger person. Mm-hmm. And I met I met Steph ten years ago, and I met Katie a similar time with the cosplay anime world. And yeah, I've met I met all of them, and it's cool. And yeah, with the uh, I won't spoil too much because you haven't actually watched all of it, but I will say... Yeah, I was going to say, both, you've already yeah, yeah, exclusive yeah, information, especially for this podcast, so that's good. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I will say that, I will mm. say for now, right. uh, without spoiling too much, is that the inspiration behind Psycho Lucy yeah. is literally how, within the personal kind of, a mixture of the personal relationship world and how the perception of abuse is done the perception of like abuse because abuse is a very hard subject to talk about and at times i find it distressing to hear stories about it yeah and literally in regards to this i wanted to piece together uh something in regards to this because uh, uh because i felt that topics such as that is very important to talk about and i felt that yeah like it's a it's a real it's a real problem not only in the UK but all across the world. I mean, uh, there's injustice with uh, these kind of scenarios where 
people unfortunately getting away with it. And I think that was my main basis as Psycho Lucy to put that in the spotlight, put that in the know, and literally see how the mental abuse uh, scars people. Because literally, uh, it's only very recently that mental health mm-hmm. became a talking point mm-hmm. within our lifetime. Yeah. And, and it just shows you how far behind we are. Yeah. Even though we've made strides, but we need to make even bigger strides in order to get the better picture of it. Oh, well, that is just, I just can't say how um, how courageous and brave of you it was to, I can't wait to watch the rest now, to kind of have that as a motivation behind it, because you're absolutely mm. right. It's abuse takes many different forms and it happens in all cultures uh, all around the world and it definitely needs to be addressed. Mm, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that just shows the uh, diversity of your work. It's been absolutely uh, fantastic, Drezira, speaking with you. And for those who are listening, we haven't met as of yet, but I feel like we have. And I just cannot wait that when things are back to normal, I'm sure I'm going to see you firing yourself at that stage. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's been quite a few uh, individuals within the spoken word scene that I've talked to uh, online that I've never met before. And yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I will say one very quick thing. Cause yes, I was going to say, is there anything I'll, you want to share before we move on? Yeah, to... I just want to say, as as your as your listeners will be hearing this in the month of August, mm. I just want to say, I just want to say a special shout out to someone very special. Okay. Uh, so uh, this uh, beautiful individual, uh, mm-hmm. her name is Becca Kellaway, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, happy birthday because it's a uh, birthday month uh, in August. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for um, helping me along uh, in my journey because uh, you've been uh, a bit of a rock to me. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk too much because I'm feeling a little bit uh, woo, a bit blushy right now. Uh, <laughs> but you can read between the lines of uh, how much she means to me and uh, what she Aww. is to me. Oh, bless. Well, I'm sure she's going to really appreciate this uh, powerful emotion of yours and the shout out that you've given. And I'll also say happy birthday to her. Is there anything else you'd like to say uh, to the listeners or anybody you want to give a shout out to before we move on to your uh, poem, Broken Circuit Board? Right. So anyone that has listened to this wonderful Tyra Rehman podcast, (laughs) definitely check out the Drezira social network. We have got the Drezira YouTube channel. We got the Twitter. We got the Facebook. We got the Instagram. Just type in Drezira. All the links will be in the description below on this podcast. I am pretty sure of that. And also, if you'd like to buy Broken Circuit Board, my book, I deliver internationally within the UK and on your doorstep via the post because we are still social distancing. But yes, definitely uh, check it out at drezira.net. Again, the links will be in the description. Check it out. And obviously, if you buy through my website, don't even bother with that Amazon thing. <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, go go to my website. And then not only you'll get a nice, fresh, straight-off-the-press copy, you'll also get a signed copy for no extra mm-hmm. cost. Like, literally, whatever you want in the signature, any shout-out, it's all there. And of course, within the Dre Zero Network, we've got the Dre Zero Uncensored podcast. We've got spoken word videos. Mm. Who knows? There might be more music coming. There might be more mad ting projects. But my name is Dre Zero. 
Enjoy the broken circuit board poem, and we shall zero later. Goodbye. Broken circuit board. Mine cannot compute all in disrepute. My sparks are gone, all undone. All I want is to function. Armor has changed, just cannot blink. My world is sunk, glowing stunned. I need fixing, please, virus and disease. My CPU corrupt, all abrupt. Reboot me, antivirus. Free my MB, wipe my drive clean. Termination complete. And that was absolutely fantastic. You heard him yourself. You can keep up to date with what Drezira has to offer all in the episode description where the links are available. Do watch his videos. Um, he's always uploading onto YouTube. And of course, do check out his website. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. If you have something to say or want to ask a question, then send me a voice message. And if you felt inspired, then why not share this episode with someone who will benefit? Don't forget to subscribe so that you can be notified of future episodes. And take a look at my book, Mirages to Reality, which is available on Amazon. It contains a gift from me, a poem, written on any subject that you like. And finally, if you have an event, spoken word night, or a festival, then why not book me in to perform one of my poetry sets? You can find out more on www.tyraraymond.com Take care!